Toontown Public Works is not for kids, even though Sir Casey and I are childish cartoons. We try our best to keep the show PG-13, but regardless, we do talk about a lot of adult content. Stuff like weird sex things, and, um, and butts! Enjoy the show! Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we trudge through the ink to find the hidden gems. I'm Ichi the raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Sir the cat. Hi. Hello. Um, so yeah, uh, let's just hop right, oh, uh, actually, before we hop right on, I should probably explain what this podcast is. Um, so, what this podcast is, is that we go ahead and watch cartoons that fall into the public domain, or are very easily accessible from a big collection of DVDs we got. Uh, before we get that to that, we go straight into the cartoon news, because we are huge nerds and care about that sh- Uh, <laughs> great, I've Swear already jar. Swear jar. <laughs> <laughs> we because because uh because because we Last, put in the the barking noises and stuff to this podcast we've decided that we're going to try implementing a swear jar so that we do it less um yeah because uh because last episode oh my god i was the worst alive yeah to to your credit you had a cold and we watched a yeah. lot of bad bad cartoons <laughs> yeah so, i was kind of miserable asses <laughs> why did we torture yeah. ourselves so much on our like 25th episode well it wasn't on purpose it's not like we went out of our way to watch like terrible flash cartoons again that's it just true. happened that way that's true um so um all right let's go ahead and let's talk about some cartoon news um so first off i want to bring up is that uh sony pictures is looking to make a movie that actually looks pretty good for once. Uh, and it is a movie called Wish Dragon. Uh, it is actually um, going to be a Chinese-American co-production. And it's actually going to release in China first. Um, basically, it's, it's it's kind of like a... It's court, kind of sort of like a... Uh, um, it's kind of sort of like a plot of Aladdin, yeah. Where it's... Basically, a, a kid f- basically finds a magic object and they get a magical being. In this one, it's a giant uh, uh, eastern dragon who can grant him wishes. Um, and uh, f- there's not a lot of details outside of the fact that it's kind of a Latinish. It's Chinese co-production. Oh, well, actually, um, well, actually, there are there is some interesting information. Basically, that. Uh, uh, Jackie Chan is uh, Jackie Chan's uh, uh, producing the film uh, with his production company Sparkle Roll Media, um, and he's also the U.S. cat. He's going to be in the U.S. cast uh, as well as uh, Constance Wu, Constance Wu, uh, Natasha Liu uh, Bordizo, uh, Will Yun Lee, uh, Nico Nico Santos, uh, Jimmy Wong, and Bobby Lee. Uh, oh, Remember. And also John- Oh, and Johnny Ch- John Cho and uh, Jimmy O. Liang are in the negotiation process for that movie, too. So, Remember when Jackie Chan retired? 
I, that is that is an interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, surprisingly um, enough, he's doing his own stunts in this one too. Hey. Yeah, he's just he's just he's just doing a bunch of kickboxing while he's like recording his lines. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is really cool though seeing uh, it is really cool though seeing uh, what what sounds like a, a movie about Chinese culture being made by Chinese people. Isn't that great? Yeah. Like <laughs> what a novel concept. <laughs> I know. Like it, it it shouldn't be high praise, but I am really glad to see like I that and, makes me want to see it a lot more personally. Uh just no, because yeah, I, sure. I really I really crave that perspective a little bit. Uh, yeah, like, so that's I, fantastic. I, I, I really love the concept art and the dragon looks freaking adorable, which is one of the reasons why I want to see it. But like, uh, yeah, the, the whole cultural aspect of that is really cool. I, there's actually a really funny story. So uh, the only other real like before this, uh, basically in terms of like a big budget Chinese animated movie, Chinese with quotes was Kung Fu Panda. Uh, but the interesting thing about that is that uh, apparently the reaction to Kung Fu Panda in Japan, uh, not Japan, uh, in China was uh, really, really positive uh, in the sense that like there were government officials really, really upset that they were beaten to the punch for a proper Chinese film before like a Chinese cultural film before uh, they could actually get around to it themselves, you know. That's that's um, mainly because Kung Fu Panda, like the whole series, has that sort of like that cultural feel to it. It, it ascribes to the same sort of like philosophies that are going around in that in that region. And there's it, a lot of like traditional Chinese culture, like yeah. in terms of, like how they depict like the talking animals specifically. Like there resembles a lot of folk tales. It's it's incredibly region. respectful. Yeah. Um. But, you know, it's it's a though, of course, it starts Jack Black, who is the whitest person alive. Well, no, that's not fair. <laughs> um, he is a very white figure indeed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interest. It's just an interesting situation that we're actually going to have this kind of thing happen. And hopefully uh, this will be good. I'm hoping it will be. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah. And one thing that I actually really like about this production is that one of the problems with a lot of American Chinese co-productions, because this, this isn't the first time this has happened. There's been a few movies where this happened. Like, if, you, if you're unaware, there's this whole thing where Chinese film, like in the Chinese market, is like one of the biggest markets for films nowadays. And because of that, there's this whole thing in Hollywood about trying to appeal to that market. And yep. a lot of times those repeals are very lame and don't actually make sense and a lot of times don't want to contribute like they added like a scene in iron man 3 or a couple scenes so they could add like an entire character to that movie that was just a chinese businessman who was apparently helping tony stark on the side but it made no sense in the context of the movie and like basically people kind of didn't really even care for it i think oh, it was either age of ultron or iron man 3 where there was a whole like milk product placement thing added in for the Chinese market that never showed up in like the Western adaptation of the, uh, Oh the yeah. Yeah. Edition. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, but like w- one of the things is that there's like, there's that movie that was like, uh, like great wall or whatever it was like the one that was like, uh, got Brad Pitt as the star. Yeah. And it was a Chinese movie. Um, there's an inter- that, that, that situation is weird because, uh, part of the reason was that like, Part of China's, Chinese audiences do want to see like these big American 
actors on the scene, which is why they had Brad Pitt be the lead instead of just a Chinese actor. That's part of the things. But also, apparently, it didn't do super well, from what I understand, because there was also just some weird misunderstanding. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird situation. I'm not going to try to go into it. But what I that, like that here director is that, was that director himself was Chinese, and I think yeah, wasn't he the one behind like Hero and stuff? Uh, behind what? Hero, the movie Hero. Uh, I haven't seen that one, so I have no idea. Okay. Um, but uh, basically. But my whole my whole point is just that uh, there's the whole thing with the Chinese market where basically they like there's this whole thing where they think that they need to put American actors in there or to appeal to both audiences and specifically like in sort of ways to get them both to see it in certain ways. Uh, but with this production, having Jackie Chan solves both problems because I think Jackie Chan is really freaking big in both regions. And it also is he's also a Chinese person. So like. Yeah, so it's going to be less weird to see a, like, it's not going to be less, like, feel, it'll feel less like cultural appropriation than it was than with, like, Great Wall, even though it was just a weird situation. But all I'm saying is that it's just, it's a, it's a better decision, I feel like, is to get a a Chinese actor that appeals to both markets. That's, that's a good choice. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so... Uh, let's go ahead and let's go on to the next item on our list. Uh, so apparently, uh, they are making a Studio Ghibli theme park in Japan that's going to be opening in 2020. Um, oh, I and- heard, I saw some, I saw some concept art for it and it looks too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it seems, it seems, it seems a little ambitious, but if they can pull it off, then who, boy, uh, is that uh is that Tides Museum that they got over there? Um, I don't know. Um, because I know that Ghibli had like a pretty big role in that too. Is he is he gonna is he gonna be on hand for the development of this one? So I don't know anything about if like Miyazaki himself has, has any personal hand. It is being heavily Wait. designed behind, but like by Studio Ghibli itself. Have I been referring um, to him as Ghibli this entire time? Uh, maybe I have not. Oh God! I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant, though. So, <laughs> um, it's okay. Uh, uh, but um, basically, there's gonna be uh, like lands based off of Princess Minoke, Mononoke, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, Howl Moon Castle, and uh, My Name in Totoro, and Whispers of the Heart. Um, what? Uh, they actually what already. Uh, Whispers of Heart is actually, um, out of all those movies that were listed, is the one that I really like the most. Uh, it is, uh, it is, okay, you you know The Cat Returns, right? Yes. Uh, the Whispers of the Heart was actually the first film of that, because what it is, is a, it's about a girl who wants to be a writer, and uh, she then finds, uh, like, one going, like, one, she finds this, like, this, uh, uh, statuette of a really dapper cat in a suit that's in a windowsill of this uh, uh, of this like antique shop and that inspires her a lot and uh, it, then so she creates this whole world around it and basically it's about her writing this world and having to like come like basically become that and like, like balance her life it's actually a really it has no fantastical elements whatsoever it's literally just about a girl writing about a story basically but that it's really good and it made me cry my eyes out um and uh 
my, my the cat returns uh that is actually the story written by the girl from whispers of the heart so uh oh so basically because like in the manga like the manga version which is where it's actually an adaptation of uh it starts off with that girl from whispers of the heart like starting writing the pen in the book and then like transitions into the story in the anime movie they just go straight into the story that's but, really yeah, great it's 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 a really that's why like it's it's really really good and that's uh it's whispers heart's really good and I, that's probably one of the reasons why i would go there is because i do want to see what they would do to actually have like the bear in there and all that kind of stuff you want to hug him well yeah of course i want um, to too i'm not i'm not judging or anything um but i mean there's there'll be the my neighbor totoro section if you need to i actually haven't seen kiki's delivery service um i heard that's fantastic it is Same very as, uh, very good I recommend watching uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. And also Princess Mon- Mononoke. I heard that one's really good too. I haven't seen it either. But um, I mean, out of the ones that I've actually seen that are in here, the one that interests me most is Whispers of Heart, just because I have such a huge connection to uh, the that movie. But yeah, there's just some concept art. Apparently it's going to be environmentally friendly. Like they're actually uh, going to limit the impact of trees and area and stuff like that. Oh, so we're not uh, going to get Pompoko the Ride? Uh, that would, the pump out with the riots when the, this park gets demolished in 2060 and then uh, slowly gets taken over by business, like apartment buildings and whatnot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a uh, it looks neat. Uh, I'm honestly not the biggest uh, Studio Ghibli fan, but I just thought it was a neat little idea because it's it's rare to see a theme park. Uh, that isn't like just going to be like an addition to the like, Universal or Disney. That's based off a really big property like this, or a big company like this. Like you, know, like their Paramount had one of those for a little bit, and then they really quickly got out of that game. Uh, and that's Warner Brothers has one in Japan, I think. Uh, but like, there's there's not a lot of studios that have their own kind of theme parks, and it's, I think out of all the ones that could have one studio Ghibli makes the most sense because there's certainly a level, like it, if there's one thing I love about studio Ghibli is that they definitely make worlds that I want to visit. And that is probably the strongest case you can make for making yeah. uh, a studio Ghibli park. If they, could, if they could make, go ahead. Now if they, if they could make a studio Ghibli park, feel like a studio ghibli movie then that would be quite an accomplishment i think uh oh yeah for sure and then yeah serve very studio ghibli food <laughs> just yeah. like delicious anime food oh yeah no that that especially <laughs> i don't think is even possible <laughs> no it's not it's not remotely so, possible but <laughs> yeah um but yeah like it, it it's a neat idea and i think it's cool uh but uh yeah i i, I it's I just think it's going to be neat. And I'm ho- hope that the photo, like this concept art is close to with the final, because there's so much, there's so many cool designs in Miyazaki films that I think it'd be really cool to see that in real life. Yeah, right. I agree. All right. Um, was there any more news? Uh, Cause I, mean, I, I, I have really... items. I have items that I could briefly mention just from yeah, my life Do it. that are sure. So let's see. Uh, last, last week, uh, instead of a prompt, we had people ask us questions. And one of the questions that one of the, one of our listeners sent in was 
what our favorite uh, horror cartoon was or animated horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mentioned that I hadn't seen Perfect Blue. Oh, yeah, um, we talked about this. Yeah, and and uh, since that episode, I have watched Perfect Blue, and I think that is my new answer actually for uh, for favorite animated horror. Uh, because it's a horrible nightmare. Yeah, no, it is. It is actually very, very scary, um, and uh, it's uh, it's unsettling. Uh, it like if if there are listeners to this show who want to watch it, I would maybe I, I would. I, Strong content warning for uh, for sexual assault and uh, and also for what I consider to be um, maybe very problematic treatment uh, of a character who is a, a person with a mental disability, um, uh, maybe multiple even. But but for the most part, like if if you're able to look past those things, not not look past them. Don't do that. But if if you you know, like if if you're able to if you're able to enjoy a film in spite of maybe some of its more like slightly problematic uh, uh, material, then Perfect Blue I think is a, an incredible movie. It reminded me actually a lot of parallels with Inland Empire and Black Swan. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. something I did, um, and I, I also I, I watched. Think I, hmm? I think Black Swan is probably the perfect comparison. To, yeah, and that's the uh, one that film. most people make. Actually, is that this this movie came out before Black Swan, and there are a lot, a lot of parallels between those two. Mm. Um, and uh, the and the the other movie I watched was The Three Caballeros, and my major oh, takeaway yeah. from that is Donald Duck has an incredible libido. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Duck needs to take a cold shower throughout that entire movie from he beginning the to end. Duck alive. <laughs> Though, to be fair, ducks are really fucking scary when it comes to sex. I guess so. <laughs> no, do you, do you know how scary ducks are with sex? I do, I do, and it, I kind of don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to I talk about it either. I just... It's, just like, it's, more, more, it's more disturbing than Perfect Blue. One word. <laughs> One word. Corkscrew. Yep. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> so. So yeah, and I know that I know that we kind of wanted to talk about uh, something we've been excited about, or something mostly HD has been excited about on Netflix. The Screech Bear. Um, <laughs> the Screech Bear. Uh, it's a uh, experimental German film uh, where it's about a bear, bear that doesn't stop screaming. Yeah. There are <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> for the bear. <laughs> <laughs> he says just, life is life just, is pain. It's just it's just an it's just an um a, a with an umlaut over and over again uh, <laughs> for an hour and a half, but it feels like two. Um, <laughs> and it was on so, Netflix. How high concept? Anyway, yeah, I know. Wow, um, five stars. But um, yeah. no. Uh, but anyways, uh, the actual thing that I'm obsessed with right now is. Uh, Gretzko. Gretzko, yes. We, we yes, all, I've been out of trouble pronouncing that. <laughs> I, I don't, and, and I still don't know if that's right, but I, I found we're pretty sure it's I pronounced. Like. Yeah, yeah, and and I've got it's, thoughts about this show, but uh, I'm going to let HT talk first because I think he probably has the most. Uh, yeah, because uh, so uh, this anime. Uh, okay, so first off, some basics of what it is. Um, it's based off a Sanrio character uh, named Retsuko, 
um, or Retsuko, or Retsuko, or whatever, I don't know. Um, basically, she uh, is a red panda who works at a uh, office job. She's an accountant. Um, and she has this really calm demeanor uh, in the workplace, but she is uh, abused by bosses and has to deal with a bunch of bullshit. Uh, it sucks. And uh, the way she takes it out is that she, every uh, like every night she just secretly goes to a karaoke bar and just screams out death metal. Um, and sometimes she also goes in like the bathroom to do that kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's a uh, it's. Basically, it's like it's such a it, it seems like it'd be such a one note kind of show um, because of that. But uh, what's really great about this cartoon or this anime is just that it's um, it honestly handles a lot of issues about like women in the workplace really well from a women's perspective. Uh, and it's got so many really good, well-written, well-rounded characters that uh, you just fall in love with, uh, and it's, 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 it's got this really cutesy art style, but what I really appreciate about it is that, uh, that, like, I, I, this is something that actually has been commented on a lot, but, like, so, like, um, Sanrio characters in general, like, that's, if you don't know who Sanrio is, Sanrio is the people who do, like, Hello Kitty, um, and typically with that kind of stuff, it's a very, Milk toast kind of common breed of animals, usually like puppies and kitties and frogs and penguins and stuff like that. Typical cute animal stuff. Well, uh, Much like us. this show. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but this show goes with really weird species. I mean, Red Panda is not too weird, but then we got like a hyena co-worker who is a big sweetie that I love so much uh, named Haida. Uh, there's a fennec fox, which you don't see too often. Uh, there's a maned wolf. Uh, like basically anything that wasn't isn't traditionally considered a cute species it is represented in this show, which I think is a neat little subversion to show that this isn't just like the ultra cutesy because this is this is an adult show. Like characters yeah. get drunk, they curse uh, and they deal with real life problems. Uh, and that, that's and, actually that's actually the aspect of it I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah. Specifically, I was uh, expecting the swears. Well, so like specifically, like my my thoughts while I was watching it was uh, this is the first adult cartoon of that that I've seen in a long time that I feel like would appeal more to an adult than a thirteen year old, <laughs> right? Because like yeah. the, this yeah. is a this is an actual cartoon about adult situations, and and by adult situations, I don't mean like you know, like R rated situations. It's not, you know, it's not, not like family guy style, like just sort of like shock value situations. This is hey, about Lois. I farted. Yeah. Hey. Basically, you know, adult humor. Um, that's, <laughs> it's a, it's about like, like there's a scene, this, this literally happened to me in real life. There's a scene in the second episode, uh, which, you know, like minor spoilers. It happens at the very beginning of the second episode. There's there a scene where, uh, each sound. Yeah. You'll catch up. So like there's there's just a scene at the very beginning where where Retsuko is uh is uh like shopping for clothes and uh oh, yeah. and she, as and <laughs> as she's checking out as she's checking out the cashier uh the cashier uh is uh Looking like uh, like trying like, to uh, well yeah like trying to get her to purchase a like a you know like one of those credit cards that you uh 
I don't think it's so get... much purchase as so much trying to sign up for like a rewards program. Well, it's it's you know it's it's one of those it's one of those credit cards that they try to sell you at uh, at clothing stores. You know, like every time you check out, and she's and if it, if it isn't for a friend that she makes, she she very nearly purchases one because she's a little bit too awkward to say no. And that happened to me in real life. And the reason you probably <laughs> heard me opening my drawers here is because I'm looking for the card. I don't know where it is, but it is in this desk somewhere, and I haven't touched it since the day I got it. This happened to me in real life. And like to see like that like sort of thing represented on television, like in that way, it was just like a, a very... Uh, it was I mean, just like a very amusing human moment to me. Uh, there, 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 there's another talking animal show on Netflix, a uh, little one you might not have heard called Bojack Horseman. Um, mm. that, oh, yeah. I feel like is I feel like that this, these shows complement each other very well in a lot of ways. Um, because while it, this was a lot less goofy um, outside of maybe like the general premise of it, um, it's... It, it, it is dealing with the fact that, you know, you have a person who is deeply insecure uh, and honestly holds a lot of secrets and a lot of things that they're trying to, like, keep on and holding up inside. And they just try to find them. like uh, so. But instead of like someone like Bojack who bottles it up and takes it out on people he cares about, uh, Retsuko just carment, carpentalizes and then just kind of then belts it out in her own private way to, like, like vent herself and. But it also, she still has her own problems. Like, she has uh, problems uh, with dealing with other people. She has, uh, like, she's too shy. She feels like she's very insecure in a very subtle, real way that you know. So she's not over the top. You know, she's not like, I hate myself. Yeah. Oh, my God, I want to die. But she definitely doesn't think she deserves really nice things. And that's kind of, that shows up a lot in the show. And I think that's a really relatable yeah, like kind of perspective. You know? I feel like I feel like the protagonist of this show I relate to uh, a lot more than protagonists in most shows, uh, and that that might be mm. a common thing. It might just be a very relatable character, but like I, I also feel like I'm uh, like I'm a, a pushover, and I have a hard time uh, sort of uh, standing up for myself in in situations that involve pressure or or where it would be easier for me to just sort of take it lying down uh yeah. so yeah i like i like that character a lot and i really relate with it and i'm excited to, to watch the remaining episodes yes uh i've seen every episode both subbed and dubbed and i have my opinions on that but uh, i'm gonna keep them to myself for now because it actually my only real problem involves something at the very end and that's all i'm gonna do yeah. But I'll explain that. Yeah, we should we should explain. HT's seen all the way. We've only gotten up to about episode three. Casey yeah. and I. And I, I, uh, I've been watching it with dubs because uh, if I have subs up, then I won't, like, I, I can't, like, cook dinner while it's on <laughs> and right. stuff. No, I get you. So get that's, you. that's basically I, I, been it. I watched, that's, I watched. That's the, main, <laughs> that's the main reason why I haven't watched Terry's House, yeah. honestly, is that because... <laughs> Like, uh, it's just, it's all subtitled and it's like, I, I don't have, I need to do other things while I'm doing this. I'm sorry. Yeah. I did. I did watch perfect blue with subtitles though. Oh, well, yeah, that's fine. Cause that's yeah. just a movie, you know? Yeah. So I, I was for that one, I turned off the lights and I sat on the couch, but yeah, I, I highly, you know, like I, I'm sure most of our listeners are probably, uh, sort of 
swept up in in this show because they can't you know like I can't seem to escape it like people talking about right. it but if for some reason you haven't heard of it uh if if your only connection with social media is that you listen to our podcast uh then uh then yeah strong recommendation congratulations yeah. for somehow dodging all the infinity war spoilers <laughs> that are out there yes yeah wow <laughs> i guess i guess that's what it would take um but yeah, it's it's a it's a great anime. Um, and while we're quickly on the subject, I, I did want to bring up one other thing. Um, so my friend tried to be like all one of those hot take guys to try to claim that this other anime was a better, like more uh, more fun than Agrisoko. Or sorry, Agretzko. Yes. Um, and uh, I ended up watching it because it's actually super short. It's like 12 four minute episodes. It's called uh, Hataraku Onisan. Uh, Hataraku Onisan. Uh, and I think it translates to Working Pals. Uh, and, oh, this, uh, wh- is the one, this is the one with the uh, gay cats. Yeah, the, the gay cats. Um, well, I will say that... Uh, I, well, I will say that uh, I like... Agretzko uh, more because I feel like there's a lot more going on there. Um, I do think that it's one you should definitely check out because it is really adorable and it's hard not to read the, both those cats as gay uh, because basically it's about these two cat got cat boys who uh, take up like part time jobs at various different retailing or like very kind of stuff like that. And it's actually done with a lot of respect towards those kind of workers, which is also really nice. Uh, and, uh, it's just, it is adorable in a lot of ways. There's a lot of really great animal characters. Uh, the main character's voice is adorable. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're totally gay. I'm sorry. They're they 100% <laughs> gay. Um, but yes, uh, let's see. I believe that's everything I want to talk about right now. Um, so I will, I will say this. I, as we all know, I am very, very picky when it comes to anime. Mostly I don't like it. (laughs) The ones I mostly do involve superheroes. So the fact that I really enjoy Gretzko, it's, I think that's a good sign. See, like when I went watching Gretzko, I actually didn't really read it as an anime. I know it is, but for some reason I wouldn't, I I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have used the word anime to describe it if I hadn't heard you guys do it first for some reason. The one, the one thing I would say, go ahead. What were you saying? No, no, no. It's you go. I I didn't have any more. Okay. Sorry to comment on you like that. You're good. Okay. So the one thing I would say that three episodes in, it feels a tiny bit formulaic, but I'm wondering if they're going to switch that up later as it goes on. It, it, it does. It actually really does. Okay, um, good. Uh, there's, uh, I'm sorry, we're going back into this thing that we said we were done with, but uh, I just really quickly want to bring up a couple things. There's actually one thing I did want to bring up is that there are moments in this show that are visceral. And I mean that in like the sense that it's like a very emotional and a very way that's just like incredibly satisfying. Like it is screaming at Metabolism. It was just like there were parts where I was just screaming with absolute joy at what was going on. <laughs> and uh, and that is really rare for me, especially with anime. Um, like for me, I, this is probably the 
fourth anime series in my life that I managed to get all the way through. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely, uh, definitely watched it. It's definitely watched it. It's Agrid Circle. You can watch it on Netflix and it is adorable. So let's go ahead and let's go to the actual podcast that we are doing. Unless you had anything else to say, Casey? Nope. Okay. I don't either. So let's do, let's do our, let's do our main bit. Let's do our thing. Let's do our thing. And what we're thing is, is that we watch cartoons that fall into the public domain. Um, so basically uh, what we do here is uh, we have like this uh, big collection, a big DVD collection with a bunch of different shorts on it. And we have, uh, we have, pulling up right now. We have this big old thing that has a collection of all the names on it that we call the list. The list. A lot of gravitas here this time around. Uh, and and yeah, so we're just gonna pick a a cartoon here at random. So, Alex, drum roll. Huh. Okay. Um, we are going to watch uh a cartoon called The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I wonder what that's about. <laughs> uh it's a it's probably about apartheid honestly um you've got a good point guys i don't know uh, about you i i get the sense that these people are very familiar with the wizard of oz like they grew up with it as a kid. They, they clearly watched half of it. <laughs> <laughs> so they basically watched up to the Tin Man and then got bored and left. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, is, they as so basically everything is the Wizard of Oz. So there's no dialogue, first of all. So if, if I had a singing, but yeah, not really. Yeah. Like if I if I hadn't seen the Wizard of Oz before watching this cartoon, I wouldn't have had a single clue what was happening <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> instead, since it, since it was half, context yeah, here. instead since it was half the Wizard of Oz, I only didn't know what was happening half of the time. Uh, womp womp. So yeah, so they everything's the same until they get to the Emerald City, basically. Wait a uh, minute. Without the Wait cowardly minute. I just lion. Realized. Yes. Is, is it black and white at the beginning and then when they uh, actually get yes, to Yes, it uh, is. That oh was that was basically ripped straight from the pages of the film adaptation of The Wizard of Oz. Um it is, you know, Dorothy and is is in her front yard with Toto and the the tornado takes them away. She's in Oz. Uh, they don't explain it. They don't even explain it. She's just yeah, there. I three three notable characters uh, are are missing from this version of the Wizard of Oz that they have decided to tell. Uh, the first one being uh, the Cowardly Lion, 
The second one being yeah, The Wicked that's Witch. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, and yeah. The Wicked Witch. And I would also say a, a fairly big deal is the titular character of Oz is not well, present. Okay. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Here's the thing, though. I think that wizard. You think the, the wizard was, was the Wizard of Oz? Oz? Okay. I, th- I think so. <laughs> All I right. think so. Because, okay, just a brief little thing. Um, so uh, this cartoon, uh, just so we can pretend to be historical for once. Uh, this uh, short was made by uh, Ted Eshbaugh, who is a Canadian animated filmmaker who worked on uh, whose works include The Snowman, Wizard of Oz, Goofy Goat Antics, The Sunshine Makers, and Semi Salvage Goofy Go- Se- Semi Salvage Goofy Goat Antics. S- Whoa! Okay. So wow. the Goat Antics got a sequel. <laughs> I guess I don't know. You know all like- these all these classics that we grew up with. Remember, <laughs> well, okay. Those. I, think, I think what happened is that this page goofed up here, uh, because uh, yeah, like Sammy Salvage was like the last one they've seen here, and then it was going into like the actual, I think, like the basically that that is the entire Wikipedia page of this dude. Um, he is nothing, or that's rude to say, but he is someone who really didn't make an impact on what's his like, what's his name animation, Ted Eshbaugh. Eshbaugh? Oh, yes. okay. So you mean you haven't been to Eshbaugh World? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, that's after I go to Miyazaki World. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, um, so just, okay. So basically, to break down kind of what happens, I mean, it's just a, the first half is just a truncated version of The Wizard of Oz. Uh, basically, Dorothy gets Dorothy and uh, Toto. They're just out and about at their farm. Uh, and then they go into the house and then, oh, a tornado sweeps them up and then takes them to a colorful wonderland. But instead of taking them to, like, the Munchkin Village, they just drop them right in front of the, drop them right in front of the, uh, the, the, the uh, scarecrow. scarecrow. And then they're just like, hey, want to hang out? Sure. And they just go. Uh, and then they meet up. Uh, they find a guy who's like all like stiff, a teen man. Kind of, and the scarecrow just somehow deduce, hey, let's just use some oil on this. There you go. And then they're like, hey, do you want to hang out? Sure. OK. And then from there, nothing. The, the story well, just they, they, yeah, they, diverges crazily so in a different direction. Yeah, very crazily, because instantly the next thing that happens as they're walking to the Emerald City. Um, yeah, like, is, they, is they, they there's like a scene <laughs> that's just inexplicably a whole bunch of like sexual innuendos with animals where it's got like, <laughs> like, like swans, like twisting necks and a butterfly who is who is voyeuristically observing two oh, yeah, birds making then- out and they're like winking at each other and some bees go into a flower and a bunch of baby bees come out. They they just yeah. had sex. That's what happened. <laughs> like they, yeah, they, they, they it's not even subtle. Sex. And there's and there's it, even there's even more reproduction later on. So I think there's a theme going on here. I think they have a motif. Um, Wait, so are, you, are you saying the multiple upskirts of like dolls and stuff again? This are also part of that motif. I sure hope not. Yeah, uh, I hope yeah, not. please. <laughs> yeah. Because because um, yes, that is that is something that there is a lot of uh, and. Uh, a very uncomfortable amount of uh, is uh, is upskirt shots of of dolls. The, uh, and the, the cartoon's weird in the sense of not like, whoa, what were they thinking? It's more like yeah, weird. I don't understand where it's coming from. It's like, un, it's, it's uncomfortable. 
It's 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 uncomfortable, and it just it feels fetishy. It really does at times. Like yeah, like uh. So there there's these weird like sentient knights with these huge mouths, and I swear to God, these are like DeviantArt anime fetish characters. It's so weird. I don't know what they're about, and why they exist. (laughs) Um, because it's whimsical. It's it's magical. And it's it's a it's yeah. a it's an amazing wondrous town where the Wizard of Oz lives because he's a wizard and not a charlatan, not like in the movies. He's an actual wizard. Yeah, like it's weird. So they get into the actual thing and they meet with the wizard, who is literally just a wizard. He is like literally is the most literal thing, and there's no subtext or weird kind of thing. Yeah. It's not like a grifter. He's just, just literally, just... they literally go in to the castle and they they get a magic show from a wizard. <laughs> That's literally all it is. Like it, it almost, it, it almost feels like they made probably an accurate cartoon of the wizard of Oz. And then they brought it in front of the executive and he was like, there wasn't a wizard in that. It's called the wizard of Oz. There should be a wizard. And they had to like rewrite half of it. Like that's, oh. <laughs> that's it, what it feels like. We need to get Leslie's dames out of here too. Let's cut those witches. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. And, and so, uh, and so the wizard, the wizard has a doll fetish. Um, yeah, so there's a part with a parade that has a bunch of weird creatures in it. It's, uh, the comparison I drew was the opening of the three Stooges cartoons, but then HT's much more apt comparison was the parade in the Grinch, the original, how the Grinch stole Christmas cartoon. Uh, yeah, like the like the Hooswongers and the yeah. Domdingers or whatever. Like it looks like those kind of <laughs> the things. The Domdingers, yeah. Um, <laughs> the the dong suckers. I don't know. So I'm, I'm realizing now, if you've ever, if any of you have ever seen that flash animation, How to Kill a Mockingbird, this kind of feels like that. Yeah, it is a little bit. Well, <laughs> I, the conceit is similar, where yeah. it feels like halfway through they just like abandoned, or maybe like Scott Pilgrim versus the World, you know, where it's <laughs> like it's like like spot on the the comic book for like the first half of the movie, and then it goes into another direction. Yeah, it's and, it, like they're. There's like some weird doll upskirts and can can dances and stuff, and it is odd. And then there are, uh, there's a chicken that lays a bunch of eggs. Yep. And the, Again, reproduction is a motif in this cartoon for some reason. And and all the all the like ha- all the eggs have like just weird chicken animal personas inside of them, and then like once again, DeviantArt <laughs> characters also a motif. Then there's a Sonic OC that pops out. Of, no. <laughs> um, but uh, so the, there's like a tiny egg. And then for some reason, that tiny egg grows bigger and bigger and bigger. That egg is our r- antagonist. Yeah, that, that, that egg replaced the Wicked Witch of the West as our antagonist of this short. Uh, where it is literally just like... Like it's about this egg that gets really big and the uh, Wizard of Oz doesn't have his wand because Toto stole it. And oh, before we go on, though, I did want to mention that the chairs. So, yeah, the chairs, because like the chairs, (laughs) like the the wizards conjures up a bunch of chairs (laughs) and uh, like he looks really sinister when he's conjuring these chairs as well, too. And um for the most part, these 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 chairs are pretty benign, but then Toto's chair literally forces him to have his 
butt in the like like scooched up into a dog's nose. The, it is like the thing about these chairs is that it, like they fit the character. So Dorothy's chair looks like it belongs to Dorothy. The Tin Man's looks like it's all metal. It belongs to the Tin Man. He gets he gets a dog sniffing his butt. <sighs> He's just. He is a kinky boy. Yes, he is. Um, but, like, okay. The, so, so the egg grows. Grow egg. Grow, grow egg. egg. Grow. Egg, egg, egg. Big egg. Egg, egg. Egg. So the tiny egg, it starts growing, and oh no, it keeps growing, and it's breaking everything because it's big. That's the <laughs> conflict. That's the entire <laughs> that's the conflict of, of the show. Yeah, that's... <laughs> They, they finally they, introduced the conflict in this cartoon, and that's it. The egg too big. And so, <laughs> <but> <laughs> the so, egg too big. Him egg too big. And so, uh, the egg too big for he castle. Yeah. Um, so, how does the egg break again? I think they take like uh, swords stop. and axes, and they like hit a couple times. And the well, no, no, no. What happened is that they. He, they try they try using the axes and stuff, but they break. Uh, okay. And and then what happens is that uh, when the Tin Man goes to get another weapon for the Scarecrow to use, uh, the uh, Toto run, runs by. He gra- and then Scarecrow grabs the wand, smashes, it, and that's what finally smashes it. Yep. And there's just a there's just a baby bird in it. That's it. And the, that's all the mama just chicken, like the Wizard of Oz, just like you remember it. The mama chicken <laughs> comes over and hugs it and everybody's like goes around the egg and starts to rock it and sing a lullaby and then it fades to black. That's that's it. It's yep. it's this card. This cartoon is many things. The Wizard of Oz is not one of them. <laughs> this, this is a this is a terrible adaptation of Wicked. It's it's. Not only is it a terrible adaptation of The Wizard of Oz, it's also just <laughs> terrible. It's just terrible, full stop. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, lame and weird and kind of gross at times. I don't know. It's, it's it's a little it's a little uncanny valley-ish and just very, very weird. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's move on from this weirdness uh, onto the next cartoon. Which we will find when I go ahead and search the list. Drum roll, Alex. Wait, we were waiting for the drum roll that whole time. We were making <laughs> yeah. drum roll noises. I had assumed right. it was already happening. No, no, no. I superseded that decision. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, folks. We make funny noises. Okay, so we are going to go ahead and watch uh, a little Lulu cartoon. Have uh, we seen and- one of those already? We have not. Okay. No. Oh. So that's a new one. Uh, and this one's called Bargain Counter Attack. Oh, I actually really like 
makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it like, was, other than like one moment, that was really good. It was kind of refreshing to have a good cartoon because it feels like we haven't in a while. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> it's been way too long since our last good cartoon here, Jesus. Yeah, uh, which is strange because I feel like we used to get good ones a lot. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but then we started getting a lot of Popeye cartoons. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Little Lulu, while I was waiting for the DVD to load, I kind of glanced over the Wikipedia page for it. Uh, and oh, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say a whole lot about it just so we can talk about the cartoon. I, I just, uh, like something that did kind of make me happy about this is this is probably one of the first, uh, uh, characters that we've seen a cartoon of in our show that was created by a woman, uh, oh, who, uh, yeah, uh, just a, a cartoonist who went by simply Marge, uh, hmm. And uh, and she uh, she was kind of a recluse. Um, I guess she she really sort of just did this uh, while she was raising her family, uh, and she didn't she didn't like to have her picture taken for the newspaper or to to be interviewed or any of that. She just kind of liked to keep that very separate. Uh, and uh, and okay. I just think that it's a very interesting. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I really, really thought this was one of the better, uh, like, comedy-themed cartoons that we've seen I on our show. That. I oh, really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that this is created by a woman, uh, because uh, one thing you can note, one thing I'll note about this character is that this this is a this little girl character is very not a stereotypical little girl, at least from this era. Like, she is more like an actual child, like written yeah. more as like an a more of an agender kind of way where basically she is just a, a little kid who's kind of a nuisance. And uh, that is really nice. The fact that it was written by one makes a lot of sense because, of course, she would just see little girls as just like another kind of kid out there, you know, instead of just writing something super girly. Yeah. And in fact, that was that was one of the quotes from the little Lulu Wikipedia page from uh, from the creator uh, themselves was that she said, uh, quote, unquote, I wanted a girl because a girl could get away with more fresh stunts than a, that uh, in a small boy would seem boorish. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like that uh, this cartoon is a good example of that. Uh, you know, yeah, so little, sure. little Lulu, uh, like what this cartoon is, is little Lulu going to a toy store to exchange a doll. Um, and, uh, and well, it's a department store. It's just a general. Yes. Department yeah, store. yeah. A general department store. She wants to exchange a doll for, for something else. And she is sort of a, a general nuisance <laughs> to, uh, to the, the person who is running the department store. Uh, uh, I, I want to note something real quick is that, uh, so there's this thing that Chuck Jones mentioned uh, that uh, when you write, or I don't know if it was Chuck Jones. I think it was Chuck Jones. So basically, if uh, if Bugs Bunny just apropos of nothing decided to like pick on someone for no good reason whatsoever, then uh, they would be considered like Bugs Bunny would be a lot less sympathetic, a lot less. Uh, you wouldn't side with him as much whenever he's like doing just shit to Elmer Fudd, you know. Uh, so they always made it so like it is sort of kind of like an antagonist, make this figure 
worthy of being, you know, antagonized. And they kind of uh, do that with uh with this character here, this department store clerk. Well, okay, he's he's the manager of the department store, and I'm gonna. I just wanted to mention that just because, uh, this short, save for one moment, doesn't really give Lulu much of an like. Doesn't you? It doesn't give much incentive to hate this guy. Literally, there's one moment at the very beginning, right after she's exchanges her doll and gets like a little exchange slip for it. Um, uh, Lulu walks away, and the manager sees uh, a like a another worker with a ton of stuff in his arms, and then goes, uh, "Hey, take this to the back room," and just puts a whole bunch more stuff on him, all this stuff. And that is a bad move, a dickish move, but. Uh, that is literally the only thing you, you see that, that we that they show in the cartoon to justify Lulu doing all these horrible things yeah, to like, him. If you want, like, I feel like uh, I feel like maybe an appropriate uh, analog, like to to the character dynamic here between Lulu and the store clerk is uh, SpongeBob and Squidward. Uh, a little yeah, bit, where that. where like uh, where Sp- SpongeBob is not necessarily intending to antagonize Squidward. <laughs> uh, Squidward right. is Squidward is just uh, is crotchety and uh, and uh, as as you grow older you begin to identify more with Squidward. you know it's kind of kind of similar to this uh, kind of similar to this clerk who the the clerk aside from this one thing that HT mentioned that, no, that manager, kind manager. of makes you yeah this manager rather who uh, who you don't you don't feel bad for him, yeah, because uh, because he he acts antagonistic to an employee, but uh, but that is sort of a that is sort of the feeling that I got, you know, where uh, where Lulu was uh, Lulu was being unknowingly a, a massive nuisance, and uh, and he was just, uh, the the character who was it's funny to watch him suffer. <laughs> You know? Right. And um, well, I mean, like, uh, I, I just want to mention, though, it's just uh, I think there's some level of Lulu where she is kind of knowing that she's a nuisance, but I don't think she's intending it, at least in this sense. Like the first scene in this cartoon is that uh, a, like a police officer hears a siren when he's like directing traffic and he just quickly just tells everyone like blows his whistle, makes everyone stop. And then he causes like a bunch of pileups and stuff like that. And then what it was, it was just Lulu on her scooter. Uh, and she has like an air horn, air raid siren on her like scooter. And that's how she gets around. So I think she's purposely exploiting that thing right there. So she can get around where she wants to. There's a Uh, level where it switches between innocent annoyance and knowing annoyance. It, It mixes because you can kind of see, like, the havoc she gets into. She's basically just testing stuff out the way that she would probably, like, actually use it. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, she, she, she definitely is looking around at stuff uh, and trying to use it in a way she would use it. But a lot of times it is just over-the-top kind of thing that where it's not actually, like, what the original tension is. Uh, like, where she gets a bunch of fans to blow a kite in the air. Uh, yeah, but it, it never, it never feels like, like her intention is to be like, hey, I'm going to fuck with this manager. You know, it always, it always seems like she, it, it always seems like she is just kind of doing her thing independently it, of it, it's, anything it's like happening a little around kid, her. 
it, it, it really is like a little kid who is testing the boundaries of what they can do. Like, uh, there's, there's a whole thing where she, uh, gets a vacuum cleaner and then goes to the inner pond of the department store and tries to vacuum up the fish in there. And it really doesn't seem like she's trying to be like a cruel person or anything like that, but she is definitely testing the limits of what she can get away with. Yeah. Right she's there. just, she's just being apathetic to, towards the, towards the havoc. She's that a good she character. Reads. Yeah. I liked her a lot. I thought, I thought it was a very funny character dynamic. You know, there's a part where, uh, there's a part where the manager grabs Lulu and is like, I'm going to make sure that you select something. And so he's like taking her over to a part of the store and like trying to recommend stuff. And he's like, look, we've got a little stroller for your dolly and you can walk your dolly in your stroller. And look, he's got a little rattle and like, you know, like enacting it. And he ends up making himself look like a baby (laughs) and people laugh at him and, you know, just like, like stuff and, like that. Well, like, well, what happened? What like yeah? Like basically, he uh, he puts on a bonnet that's too small for him, mm-hmm. and then uh, he accidentally breaks his own rattle and then starts crying. And then Lulu just shoves a bottle in his mouth, and then <laughs> and which is a great it's, moment. It's a great it's kind moment. Of, it's kind of hard to describe <laughs> the scene unless you see it because it is it is pretty funny. I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny. It's really yeah. well paced. Um, I, I I really loved it. Um, so oh yeah, yeah and, I, and the last at the very end when the when the vacuum is full of water and it explodes and uh, and water fills like the entire department store. Uh, the manager is writing a sign, like he's holding on to a sign that says the customer is always right. <laughs> like as it, as it like, carries him out the door, and I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> it was very yeah. funny. Um, uh, <laughs> You know, and as always, I'm always happy to see a capitalist pig get his just desserts. So yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> so yeah, great cartoon. One, one. Am last, I exaggerating for comedy, or am I not? Two last things that we uh we should probably point out: the ending gag is pretty phenomenal, where she just goes up to uh this manager and she's like, "Actually, I changed my mind. I'm gonna keep the dolly. Bye." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she literally canoes up to the guy <laughs> because he's yeah. strutting the water, and then just sticks the sticks the exchange slip onto his mustache, which is really pointy. It's 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 a good moment. Um, uh, I I highly recommend you watching this. This is really good. One, uh, one thing we we need to note though before we go forward, there is the race racism. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, uh, this, this is this is. Uh, we we still haven't. I don't know. Twenty five episodes. I don't know if we've gone one without talking about race after one of these <laughs> cartoons. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, there is uh, some caricaturization of uh, of Native Americans, uh, and it it is it comes in the form of uh, of little Lulu wearing an Indian headdress and sort of uh, role playing a character, and uh, it's kind of ugly we didn't really like that part very much it's over brief it's over quickly yeah Uh, Yeah, the fact that it's it's over quickly and it you could justify it in universe that she's just a dumb kid who doesn't know better but but still it's it's a creator making decision yeah yeah it's not it's not good Uh, ultimately though i would definitely recommend this yes yes very much so yeah Um, so yeah so now that we're done with our uh good cartoon or we're 
we're probably going to get a really bad one now. So. Oh, man. Don't, don't, <laughs> well, don't. Now we definitely down. will. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Thanks. Well, who knows? Maybe, 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 maybe it will be reversed and we'll get like the best cartoon we've ever seen. Um, so let's go back to. Oh, yeah, that list. Yes. Drum roll, if you please. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to get some more of faux Tex Avery and we're going to watch the other Blackie the Lamb cartoon. Oh, all right. It's called. No mutton for nothing. Is that the last one on this collection? Were there more than two? I don't remember. I think there were only two. I think there's right, only this, two. This, that might, this might be the last Blackie the Lamb for us. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So let's go ahead and let's watch. I like that. Yeah, it was all right. Um, hmm. That very so, Looney Tunes ish pacing. Definitely. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. 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 I definitely could see that. Um, well, basically, uh, so if you haven't listened to us before, there was uh, really early on, there was one other Blackie the Lamb cartoon. And that one felt very Tex Avery back then. That one was very, very Tex Avery in a lot of ways. Um, this one feels less like that and more like, yeah, a traditional Looney Tune, I feel. Uh, but basically, it's the premise is just there's a black sheep who is being chased by a wolf and the sheep outsmarts the wolf every turn. And there's gags that happen. Yeah, he's yeah. A, the like sheep a is very though. yeah the sheep is very Bugs Bunny ish in function. Uh, you know where uh, yeah it's it's like we talked about with the little Lulu cartoon where it's it's pretty much established right away that the wolf is big and bad, uh, mm. and uh, and Blackie the lamb has a book that he's reading that conveniently contains instructions on how to kill a wolf. Uh, and, uh, and a bunch of slapstick hijinks ensue. Wherein that wolf um, gets styled on mercilessly. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think about like noteworthy things to mention, uh, in sequence here. Uh, there is the one thing with the trees. You might need like, to remind uh, me. Uh, they start going from tree to tree, and they have a little fight behind the tree, and then Blackie is carrying a sack with the wolf in it. And then oh, yeah, they yeah, go, yeah. And oh, then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they switch at the next tree, and then the wolf is suddenly holding a sack with, we assume, Blackie's in it, but then he just passes the, uh, the sheep holding dice, and then he looks inside the bag after passing him, and there's a tire in there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a it's a good subversion of the gag, and I actually really appreciated that. One other subversion that I really liked is that uh, so 
uh, basically Blackie, uh, like, is being chased by the wolf, and then they go into a lake. And a lot of times with these kind of cartoons, uh, they just run like normally, like normal when they're under the water. Here, they actually have like this do the like what normal people they would have to actually struggle with the pressure of like actually having to run underwater because it is not easy to do that. Sh and they actually have to the struggle and everything slows down because of it. And I actually that was probably my favorite gag because you never see that in cartoons ever. <laughs> yeah, and there was there was also one visual pun that was very funny to me. Where uh, uh, Blackie is uh, is like playing craps or something with uh, with a pair of dice uh, with the wolf who is unconscious and he he rolls the dice and he gets box cars but then the dice faces like switch to a four and a three and he's like read him and weep and he takes the wolf's money and the wolf starts weeping and then the wolf is like I think these dice are phony and he's like yeah they're loaded. And then the wolf is like, wouldn't you know it loaded dice and he throws them on the ground and they explode because they're loaded. <laughs> like it was like really, <laughs> it was really clever. I'm 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 actually really shocked you even knew any terminology for craps or whatever that was. I, I don't it's I don't know if it was I, I don't know what the rules were. I just know that craps is played with dice and I know that two sixes are boxcars. So presumably Explain your secret backstory to us where you hustled people for money in back alleys when you were younger. Well, I did go to Wendover and play scraps once and I came home with $140, which is nice Holy because at the time uh -huh. I probably would have spent my rent money if I hadn't. <laughs> that was maybe not the most well-advised trip I had Still, ever made, but I have played I have played craps once and it worked out very well for me. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, the only, the only other, like, really noteworthy part to me is at the very end, like, it, there's just a part where this cartoon really shows its age, and that's when, uh, when Blackie is, uh, is being pulled out of, uh, the wolf's fridge to be eaten, and he's like, wait, just give me one final wish, everyone gets a final wish before they die, and the wolf's like, what would you like, and he's like, I just want to smoke, and he pulls out a pack of cigarettes <laughs> and he pulls out a, a very long boy. Um, and, uh, <laughs> long boy. Uh, long boy. And he, uh, and he, uh, and he begins smoking the cigarette while the wolf is outside sharpening his knife with the whetstone. And Blackie smokes so much of a cigarette that it burns down the house like the talking heads. And uh, <laughs> then, uh, and then the wolf, uh, angry that his house is burned down, uh, tries to kill Blackie the lamb with his knife. And Blackie says, wait, you can't do that. We don't have time. This is the end of the picture. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and that's that's literally. And sure enough, how, mid monologue yeah. with the wolf, the the, the, the he goes up to stab it and then the iris in just catches his arm yeah and that's the end. it was a very a very clever meta joke yeah it was all, really good. yeah this is this is a pretty funny cartoon yeah it, it was all right um look at you look at you being proven wrong oh we're gonna get a bad one now aren't you glad that yeah. you're wrong yeah that's yeah. nice it's nice I'm, that we got i'm always happy to be wrong it's nice that we got two good cartoons this one this yeah. time <laughs> yeah hmm 
I agree. It is about yes. that time. <laughs> yeah, wow, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, that was an all right cartoon. So now that we've gone through and watched Thou's fun little ditty donger, uh, I, I'm not even... Those fun little ditty dongers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it my, really that's is about that time. It's like, it's like 10 yeah. p.m., so... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm normally in bed at midnight, so yeah. this is getting close to the end. Yeah, on a work night, um, no less. So Actually, not for me. But you were at work all day, so... No, I wasn't. I was at Ikea. No? Oh, okay. I was at work all day, so I have an excuse for being loopy. Uh, <laughs> let's do the prompt. Yes. So Give let's it. go into Give the it. prompt. Give it. Um, okay. The, well, okay. Well, before we go into that, before we do that, we got emails. Uh, for the last prompt. Ah, uh, so, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and do that right now. So uh, now at the end of the show, uh, what we do is we have a prompt that we give out at the, end of the, uh, at the end of every episode. And we ask you to respond to it. And uh, we have a, you can do it on Twitter or you could send us an email. Uh, and if you send us an email, you can respond to an old prompt as well. So that way... You know, if you want to get in contact with, if you have something to say about something you said in the past, then go right ahead. Um, so last week's prompt was um, to give us a question. Uh, just ask us anything uh, about our tastes, opinions, anything when it comes to, uh, you know, whether it be about the show or cartoons or whatever. So we got one from Mycroft, who writes it again, who writes it all the time. So thank you, Mycroft. Um, uh, Microsoft says, hello, doofuses. Uh, my question for you guys is, do you have any, do you have a favorite franchise that transitioned into and out of traditional animation? Uh, for example, uh, the Bill and Ted movies spawned a Saturday morning cartoon. The last two seasons. When that got canceled, they made a live action TV series that took inspiration for the cartoon more than the original movies. What? Yeah. So that's oh my god! I guess go ahead and repeat that question to me one more time. So the so a cartoon that transitioned into like it was it was like uh it was like basically it's like the adaptation question, um like but it's trans or maybe even transitioned out to live action too. Like okay, so I do I do have a favorite cartoon that does that for one episode actually um okay it is it is probably one of the funniest jokes in any cartoon i've ever seen is uh is in uh an episode of chowder where uh where oh yeah (laughs) where where it's like wait we don't have any more money do you know what that means (laughs) no money means and then it cuts to the voice actors and there's like no animation (laughs) (laughs) and and they're like still like the voice actors are still playing in character and that's like what's really funny about it is like the 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 joke is that they had run out of they'd run out of budget so they're like well how are we going to get the money back and so you see like a a scene of like the voice actors uh like doing like a car wash (laughs) so that they can afford (laughs) to get animation back in the episode 
Uh, and that's <laughs> that's my favorite example of that. I don't know if that's uh, exactly what you were looking for with that prompt, but that's uh, that's mine. Um, hmm. This one's weird. Uh, it's tough. I feel I like there are examples, but it's tough. Um, Cirque, do you have one? Uh, I could go with the old reliable and say Batman the Animated Series, but that feels like cheating. Nah, nah, that's fair, that's fair. Okay. Um, just, just cause nothing else comes to mind for me. Oh, God. oh, oh, I got, I got a, uh, I yeah. got a little fun fact in lieu of another answer there. Uh, okay. Spider-Man, the animated series apparently actually counts for this because as it, from what I've heard, some of the character designs and stuff are based off of, uh, the, the James Cameron pitch that never actually made it into a real movie. Huh. Like apparently, uh, Dr. Octopus is dressed like he was going to be in the movie itself. Oh, that's neat. That's why they didn't do a, like, origin episode. Huh. Yeah. Well, all right. Um. Hmm. 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 I. That's a toughie. Uh, Adam's Family, maybe? Adam's Family would be a good choice. Sure. Yeah, sure. I'll go with Adam's family, because they've they've done that transition before. Uh, I can't think of any other real examples. The Three Stooges like... cartoons do it. No! Next question! <laughs> <laughs> thank you, by the way, uh, Mycroft. Yeah, thank you. All right, so uh, we got one from uh, Subadub, who uh, wrote, wrote in and said... Uh, Sorry if I'm late. Uh, I've been binging the show's backlog for the past few days. So well, thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Um, so their question is, what would you like to see more in North American uh, animation? Uh, by North American, he means both the U.S. and Canada. Um, personally, uh, hmm. Y'all have an answer for this right now? I oh, answer. I've got a hundred, but you go, sir. Uh, bring action cartoons back, because they have been dead for a while. Okay, okay. Um, what I want more of is... I want more adult comedies that treat their audiences like adults. <laughs> Like, yeah, that that was actually one of the that was that was one of the ones I was going to say was that exact yeah. thing. Yeah, because I, I I I love it. I lo- I want cartoons to be mature, but oh my god, South Park poisoned the well so fucking badly. No, I I want cartoons uh, that are mature, but also mature. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like like this. This just goes back to that uh, the uh, Agatsuko discussion that we had. Yeah, but yeah. that that's not Western though. Well, uh, I mean, in yeah. general, it felt like a lot of what you guys were talking about with that yeah, sort yeah. of also tied into, yeah. Like, like even so, a show like Big Mouth, which I really liked. I actually, I, I need to rewatch it, but uh, 
yeah, it's it's a it's a funny show, but it is still really crass at times. Uh, it does treat its audience a little smarter than a lot of others, especially when it comes to sex and all that. They can actually understand sexuality a lot better than a lot of things. But it's still kind of weirdly. It's It still has its moments where it's just like, really, <laughs> you're going there. <laughs> like, I, I just I just uh, something like I want more stuff like Bojack Horseman uh, out there where it's goofy and weird, but it doesn't when, when it means by adult, it means it actually deals with adult topics and not that uh, it's say, like has like. Hitler being like a cute character or something and that Jew jokes or whatever, you know, like, yeah. I don't fucking care, please. No. Um, I would say for me, mine is probably just, uh, I'd like to see more, uh, very fluid, expressive motion in cartoons. Uh, because I feel like that's something that, uh, like during the '90s and before, you saw a whole lot of, and uh, and in in the modern day, uh, we we've sort of fallen away from those things. Not not like, and this is not me trying to say that cartoons aren't as good as they used to be, but because mm. uh, that's not what I believe. But when you uh, say fluid, expressive, like emotions, do you mean like no, no, anime, like, like motion, or? no motion. Motion, okay. Yes, so like like fluid expressive motion. Uh like a, like actual animation where where the characters move a lot and uh y- you know and and uh, and they they exaggerate, you know. Like I I feel like um and I I, f- I feel like uh because we have technology that makes animation more productive, uh we have sort of uh, we have sort of fallen into this place where the type of animation that I that I would prefer to see is in film now a lot. You, you can just but, you can just say flash animation, dude. But but it's not all it's not I don't think it's technically flash though. Like you get what okay. I like you, right. I, no, no. I I okay, get what sorry. you're saying though. There there is like no it's fine. There is like motion tweening though. Like that that stuff is present. Uh like I feel like uh I feel like uh like the the type of the type of emotion the type of emotional fluid movement that i'm talking about we do see in like uh in in film like uh like cartoon features uh, and not so much on television anymore and i understand the reason behind it and i don't think it's a bad reason i would like to see it come back though and i I sort of have my fingers crossed that maybe with the animaniacs reboot we'll see some of the old animaniacs style animation in there who knows It's not so, impossible. So, be nice. so you kind of want more of that experimental vibe where people would like sort of branch out with what they were doing more to come back. Yeah, just uh, yeah, just just interesting, interesting action when characters so, Casey, move. You want more kick dancing? Uh, yes, I want. I want the Kennedy cartoons kick dance to come back. In fact, I just want every <laughs> cartoon to be made by Kennedy cartoons, and I want Kennedy cartoons to return. <laughs> So be careful what you wish for. <laughs> oh, sir, you don't know about the Kennedy cartoons kick dance. No, uh, I have there one of one of the studios that used to make a lot of the, the Warner show. Brothers cartoons. Have we talked about it on the show? I don't yeah, think we have one so of the. I know we. we have. I think I think we may have one of the one of the studios that 
uh, that created some of the WB cartoons back in the day had a very interesting style of animation uh, that I think most people remember uh, from uh, well, most Toons. yeah from Tiny Toons. Uh, I'll show that to you after the show, sir. Okay. Uh, cool. I think you. you'll find it amusing. All right. So uh, we got one from. Uh, so oh, I should probably thank the other dude. Uh, so uh, thank you, Scrap Stub a Dub. Yes, thank, thank you, you very dude. much. Or do that. And and we got one from uh, Kim Pegasus, uh, who uh, asked us another question. He said. Uh, a little late on the draw for this. Whoops. Um, it's all good. Assume, assuming you're still taking turns, if you pick one uh, or don't, it's a free country. So we're going to go ahead and just pick. Let's see. We'll just go kind of rapid fire with these. Let's not go into huge discussions later. Okay. Um, so uh, favorite ultra modern cartoon series roughly started around 2015 or more recently. So there's uh, favorite ultra modern cartoon around 2015 or more recently. Yeah, basically, like, anything that was made after 2015, basically. Okay. Uh, let's see if I can get a little bit of information here. And... Damn it, Bojack Horseman is 2014. Damn it. Um, screw it, I'm just going to say that. You can, you can say that. Time. There have been seasons of that. Let's see. Star um, versus. That's my answer. Okay. Oh boy! Oh, it is a that is a toughie. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, I guess I will probably say uh, Gravity Falls. Ah, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, also, uh, wait, is Gravity Falls answer? I, like to... I thought I thought Gravity Falls started sooner. Um, no, I think that was very recent. So uh, I'd say, I'd say Star Versus is my most recent one then. Okay. Um, so real quick though, uh, th- things that I'd like to see more Western animation, I would like to see more gay characters. And I was, cause I was about to say Steven Universe, but then I read about Jack. But same. Yep. I think we are all in concordance about that. Yes. Um. Can we, can we get more right. gay characters in everything? Really? Yeah, that'd be nice, and it'd be nice if they didn't die too. That'd be good. I would, I would like to have a bi character in a sci-fi movie that does not die in the movie that she gets introduced in. Or like, is it just uh, the villain? Or characters who are trans and it's not like made a huge deal. <laughs> like just you yeah. know, just just characters who are who get normal representation, the same yeah. type that straight people seem to get that we can't ever escape. Just like uh, yeah. one or two. <laughs> Queer characters in that type of role would be awesome. Thank you, executives who listen to our podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite cartoon character of your respective series? So whatever one you just chose, what was your favorite character of that hmm. series? So, uh, God. Um, in terms of Bojack Horseman? Uh, I mean, I adore Mr. Peanut Butter, but I don't know if he's necessarily my favorite. Um Bojack's also good too. Uh, you know, I think, I think I might go with, I think I might go with Diane. Uh, just because, uh, I am, I definitely relate to some of her, like, just 
deeply insecure about yourself and wanting to change the world and even though everything is really shitty in a lot of ways and kind of having to resign for being not the best at that <laughs> you know that that that's that's probably my favorite character of that uh other than that bojack because just bojack is bojack I haven't seen too many episodes of Star Versus, but Marco, because he kind of looks like me. Yeah, I would definitely say that. You, you are very Marco. Oh, thank you. Just um, no Kung Fu. Oh, I, you, you just don't know Kung Fu. That's true. I'll say Mabel. Uh, okay. And, uh, sir, you said that you thought Gravity Falls came out earlier. It started in 2012 and ended in 2016, but I saw it towards the end of 2016 okay. so that's right. that's why i said that one i don't know how contemporary they really want us to say i haven't watched a whole lot of the newest stuff to be honest fair enough all right um so then uh there is uh okay who would win in a fight between between disney channel cartoon network and nickelodeon aka if you had to just pick one to survive which one's which hmm, i wonder which one i'm gonna choose uh oh uh cartoon network in 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 this year, th- it really depends on the year. This year, it's probably Disney Channel. I I, I thought- mean because Cartoon Network has been really bumming me out lately, and so has Nickelodeon. <laughs> I hate to say it. I thought we were. I I thought they were asking like all the characters got together and did a gang fight or something. Oh no! <laughs> no, if, if the networks like if the networks got in a fight. Uh, I so think, like the executives and stuff then? No, I think I think the idea, I think the concept is what is the best channel? Right? Yes. Yes. Sure. Okay. Um, um, honestly, right now, kind of thinking Disney. I mean, I feel like that Disney has recently been doing a lot better, but there's... There's still a lot of really good stuff to Cartoon Network, and I think in general they have the it's better dialogue of the yeah, I feel like if you if you would have asked me if you would have asked me in 1998, I would have said Nickelodeon. If you would have asked me in 2005, I would have said Cartoon Network. Uh, now yeah. I say Disney. <laughs> so well, I I'm just glad that we can agree that we can say Fuck Nickelodeon. I don't care if that was the swear drag. I just, I, I need. <laughs> I don't know what they've done recently, so. Um... A lot of bad cartoons. That's what they've done. Okay. Also, character-wise, Cartoon Network, executive-wise, Disney. They have a lot of executives now. Cheer mm. numbers wins. Um. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> this one's a fun one. Uh, if you could merge two animated shows or films. Uh, into some ungodly abomination, what would they be? And as an example, they said, check out my Rick and Morty gym sona. Hmm. <laughs> Rick and Morty gym oh. sona. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> let's see. Two uh, cartoons. Oh, God. I, I, I know what I want. I know what I want for this. Um. So there was this uh, Tumblr post that was going around uh, a few years ago. I don't have no idea how old it was at this point. But basically, uh, the concept was just a mishmash of different horror cartoons. And the one that I saw was like, it was a mixture of Kurt's Cowardly Dog, Gravity Falls, Coraline, 
and what was the other one? Uh, Danny Phantom? No, Danny Phantom. No, um, I like Danny Phantom. Well, Craig Barlow is a bastard, so. Um, that doesn't mean so, that his stuff's still not good. Um, so. I'll shake you. Um, oh yeah, the last one's not a cartoon, it was Psychonauts, that's right. Um, <laughs> which is a weird one to put in there, but sure. I think that's a cool idea, and I think that, I think that's what I would do. I'm trying to think of something like truly abominable. Um, well, if, I'm, if we're going with the ab- abominable, then just the easy answer is My Little Pony and Rick and Morty. That's that's all you need to do. <laughs> that was done, though. I know. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Oh, I brought it back. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh. Well, Rick and Morty, to be honest, I feel like it would be good to just let like what they wanted to happen happen and have Rick and Morty and Gravity Falls merge. <laughs> okay, how about Blue's Clues and Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window? <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing's going to beat that. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sticking with We're that. Done. That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cirque. What? You didn't answer. Oh, was... Yeah, I didn't answer. What was it? Gravity Falls and Rick and Morty. Gravity Falls and Rick and Morty. Oh, I, th- oh, I didn't that know was, that was that was also response. That was also done. Yeah, that actually did exist. That, that happened, no, no, right? I mean like more substantial. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, it's funny though that, uh. that, you, that you and Cirque both came up with with crossovers, crossovers that actually, that actually did happen. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that frustrating? <laughs> uh, but that was everything yeah. that Kim sent us. So, uh, and they said, stay golden. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the questions. All right. So uh, now that we got that out of the way, let's go on to our uh, most recent prompt, uh, which was, let me pull that up. Okay, um, prompt was what uh, figure in animation uh, or animation figure was influential for you? Uh, and we got actually another one from Stubadub. So hi, thank you, Stubadub. Hey. Um, so uh, Stubadub says, uh, my answer to this prompt isn't an animation figure who is historical, well known, but a younger independent animated animator slash cartoonist whose work I greatly admire. His name is uh, Dan Verino, and he is a uniquely smooth and bendy style. Uh, I originally knew him from his YouTube poop work in circa 2007, but in recent years, he has established himself as an animator and webcomic artist. I believe his work is criminally underlooked and deserves more attention. And they actually linked uh, the blog for his animations uh, and comics, uh, as well as a uh, link to their first short, uh, Kuka and Bibi, uh, which I watched a little bit of, and it looks like it's a style, like it's like a, it's a uh, silent kind of like cartoon done in the same style as like a, like what you would see on like, oh yeah, cartoons. And I actually really dug it. Um, and also, uh, they also linked uh, to, just in case I wanted it, uh, Dan's old YouTube poop stuff. So, <laughs> okay, I'll check that out later. So, 
Yeah, thank good you. Good answer. Thank you. Very good answer. Um, so now that we got that, we got the emails out of the way. Let's go ahead and let's just look up that hashtag I set up here. Oh yeah, we should mention that we're uh, we're thinking of using a new like system to make sure that we're able to like get your prompts easier and stuff. Like your prompt answers, we are going to be using the uh, I believe it's hashtag Toontown prompt. Yes, so, hashtag Toontown prompt. That's yes. our that's our little thing. So just respond with that, and it'll be a lot easier for me to find you. So then I can actually you can actually you know be heard on the show. Um. All right. So uh, on Twitter, we got our first response was from uh, AJ Kozlowski, uh, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. I apologize if I butchered it. Um, uh, and they replied, I'm inspired a great deal by Don Hertzfeldt. Uh, his simple cartooning style for his characters make them easy to identify with, and the camera tricks make them really beautiful. His stuff is hilarious and a little bit devastating, and I love it. I actually watched. Uh, I actually watched the the World of Tomorrow Part Two just a couple of days ago, um, and it, it didn't strike yeah. me exactly as much as the first one did. But wow, it was still pretty incredible. Uh, Don Hertzfeld oh, is. Yeah. Uh, I feel like for how minimalist his style of drawing characters is, he still really manages to make cartoons that are. Uh, both visually striking and uh, and very emotionally intelligent. So that's a great answer. Yeah, that is a very good answer. Uh, I still haven't seen uh, episode two of World of Tomorrow. I definitely should though, because I love the original. Are those on um, Netflix? And no, I had I to. Know. I had to pay three dollars to rent it. It's only and it's only like ten worth, minutes though. long. Yeah, I yeah. I think the the first one is definitely if if you haven't seen it, the first one is definitely worth the three dollars. That you that one used to be on Netflix. I don't know why it's not anymore, but it is on Vimeo, and you buy it I think directly from the creator Don Hertzfeld. So I think I think he would probably get a, at least a portion of the profits if you were to rent it from there. It is uh, yeah. what like fifteen minutes long, and uh, the first time I watched it, it made me very weepy. Super. Super good cartoon. I love it. Uh, and if it, just in case you don't know who we're talking about, you haven't heard of World Tomorrow, the thing you probably have heard of him is uh, the uh, rejected My cartoon. is too big. The one where he talks about how his anus is bleeding. Yeah. For all of that. I, I can't do that voice right now. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I think we've done <laughs> it in another episode of the, cart- of the cartoon, of the podcast. Uh, Destroy yes. your voice, so, HG. Destroy yeah. it. No, no, I refuse. I refuse. Um, um, so uh, thank you, AJ. Uh, so uh, Dr. B responded um, and said, uh, Don Bluth, uh, he's a phenomenal artist and a storyteller who seems to have a genuinely good heart, not to mention The Secret of Nim is one of my top movies. Um, now, before we go into the discussion about uh, Don Bluth, I just want to mention real fast, uh, at the end of last episode, I... Th- we kind of made it sound like we implied that Don Bluth is problematic because oh. of like how the yeah, joke no, that's, that's not that wasn't what I was trying to put off in the first place. Oh no no no! It was just a dumb furry joke. That's all yeah. it was. Uh, it was yeah, it was not anything like that. Uh, I just I got a response, a couple of responses we were saying is Don Bluth problematic? Is really scared or something? I don't know if he is. If there is anything about him personally, I haven't heard anything. 
Uh, he just was, makes a bunch of really weird cartoons. That's all. I, it is. I was just making a joke about the fact that he drew a sequence with a big dragon ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He he makes the horniest of all cartoons without any sex in them. Um. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. He makes really lovely cartoons, and I think I've seen Secret in them before, and it has some really striking animation. The climax is wonderful. Some of the best. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Secret Name is wonderful. Uh, American Tale is great. Uh, honestly, there's a lot. Like it's like even if the film itself, like the story and the characters are garbage, his animation is going to be absolutely gorgeous. It's always going to be gorgeous. It, it's it's hard to not like. Like it's he's just he's so good at these fluid dynamic characters and he's really good at character design, um and Anastasia, everything just pops. Anastasia feels like the closest a non Disney movie has ever gotten to a Disney princess movie. Yeah, that wasn't that was one hundred percent him just giving up and saying fine. People want princess movies let's just do this no i'm not i'm um, not saying that as like a bad thing i'm saying that as it like it manages to have the sort of grandeur that those movies like can get to ht like, no, I get you. ht when you what? said an american tale i thought about this american tale with ira glass is that anything <laughs> is there a joke in there <laughs> Uh, this is Ira Glass. Uh, to, uh, Hi, uh, welcome to American This American Tale. Tale. Today we are going to be talking about uh, a mouse family. They moved from uh, Russia back in uh, the 1980s. And uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they were, they I don't were know, told I'm, that the streets, the streets were, were made of cheese and there were no cats in America. And as they will find out, but, it didn't yeah, quite work out. Quite. Little did they know that uh, that did not turn out to be the case. Uh, <laughs> I care. <laughs> let's 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 keep let's move on. There's no we now, we this uh, will have to run dry. Just a little bit of warning. Just a little bit of warning. There, uh, there this uh, this story will have some words that uh, will be unbeeped. If you want a beep version, you're gonna gonna go to our uh, website and you'll get that right there. We <laughs> this will have to run dry. <laughs> There, there's no more. There's no more jokes. Unsweet. In here. I, I should have said right. unsweet. Unsweet. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, did anyone else write in, or is it our turn now? Uh, we got one more. Okay. <laughs> Real quick. Uh, so Doctor B uh, responded. Uh, oh, well, I rather Doctor B. Thank you. That's they already responded. I already said that. Um. So uh, Reina uh, responded, uh, and they just said, Renamon. Oh, okay. I, I, I think that maybe uh, I think that maybe there has been some something that was misconstrued in the way we phrased this question. <laughs> maybe specifically but, on Twitter know, that that I, we said. Well, how, how did you phrase I it exactly mean, on Twitter? Uh, let me see how I phrase it exactly. Uh, I mean, I think it's a great answer. I mean, my favorite anime director was Renamon. So, um, uh, what? Who is a who is an animation figure that inspires you? See. I can I can see how Renamon could be g- given the vagueness of the way we phrased this question. I can see how Renamon would be a valid answer. <laughs> I'm not and saying I, it's invalid. I just say oh, yeah, it's no, no, funny no. to think Renamon, about Ren- Renamon, I, I think Renamon deserves uh, an an Academy Award for for Renamon's <laughs> animation. Uh, my so. my neighbor Digimon. Yes. <laughs> also, isn't she like? Isn't like she a strong as hell character? Uh, maybe. She's very I focused. Very like. I was a Pokemon boy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh yeah, you people may find me for fake Pokemon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
nerd. Nah. Dump your books. But yeah, hey, um, that's pretty cool that you're inspired by that character. Yeah, of course. I'm not making fun of you for yeah, being no, inspired no. by Renamon. Honestly, you're go go at it. That's awesome. Um, just yeah, that was not necessarily what we're looking for, but at the same time, that w- are bad <laughs> and good answer. <laughs> so, um, so now that we got that out of the way, let's go ahead and give our responses. So, who would like to go first? Um, I could. Uh. Since I didn't say Rob Paulson for the voice actor one like y'all thought I would, I'm going to, I saved him for this one. Uh, okay. Because, uh, like, did I, did I talk about my Rob Paulson experience on the show already? Maybe. Um, okay, I'll just, then I'll just be brief. Like, I, I met him at Salt Lake Comic Con. Uh, he was the last person I, I stayed in line to meet. Uh, and he's basically the reason I had gone to the event in the first place. Well, him and the him and the rest of the uh, Animaniacs cast, and I I, uh, I shook hands with all of them. But Rob Paulson's the one I was most excited about. Uh, and I remember like getting in line, and they they uh, I was the last person that they were like they were like nobody else can come after this person because they have to catch a flight that's leaving soon. So make sure you're brief. And I remember when I got to the front of the line, like I was like, "All right, I'm gonna have to, re- I'm gonna have to be really fast." So I, just, I was just like, "Hey, Rob Paulson, uh, I just want to tell you that I really appreciate your work and that it has been an influence to me." And yeah, thank you for being a creative influence. And I know you have to catch a flight and everything, so you know whatever. But then, like, what he did was he like grabbed my hand in like both of his and like cupped my hand like very intimately and and he was like I want to tell you thank you very much for 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 saying that to me and and like a bunch of stuff about like we're all in this together and blah 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 you know like just very uh very earnest uh-huh. uh and it, it was it was just like really cool like I I uh, like I had a, I had the type of experience that I feel like I would hope to have from someone like Rob Paulson, and as I've come to as I've come to familiarize myself with uh, with some of his work uh, in other areas, or as I've come to like read his Twitter account, or like or listen to his podcast, uh, I've kind of just developed an appreciation for him as a person, uh, just for being. What seems like, at least, at least based on my limited experience with him, as like just a, a stand-up guy, a really, a really nice, uh, a very nice person with a strong moral backbone. Man, uh, that's, that's really touching. Yeah, it is. It was very sweet. That's a wonderful experience, Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I once told Jim Gaffigan to sign it uh, to stop calling me, and he thought that was funny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just right. I felt kind of left out of the conversation there. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay. So uh do you have one, Cirque? Uh I think I t- took this in a more modern, like creator based aspect than like uh the question was focused, but I guess that's also a valid way of saying this, you know? Mm-hmm. So lately, thanks to uh, the work that Rebecca Sugar has done with uh, Steven Universe, I've been thinking more about, like, with my own works, like, music and stuff, like, how to incorporate that stuff. That's kind of hard considering that I uh, do written stuff, but I'm sort of finding ways. I'm, I'm thinking about my characters and, like, uh, the grounds of, like, uh, musical-type stuff, like, how that would affect them, like, if they sing and stuff like that, you know? 
It, she's got a good aesthetic, and like, like ours, you take you take little bits from other people and you incorporate them into your own work. So, I'm really I'm really glad that she went all in on that, even though it can lead to some problems with getting voice actors back for different things because it, it really makes your stuff feel that, that much more like you know unique and stuff. Yep, and also uh, her integration of queer characters into her show is some of the best representation I've seen for queer characters in any television, basically, ever. Oh, hells yeah. So, yep, I agree with that. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I just want to say f*** you both. because what? Because that was going to be my goddamn answer, you f***ing assholes. <laughs> Wait, because of, because of uh, Rebecca Sugar? That, that was your answer? Yeah. Okay, Mine go, was going to be Rebecca Sugar. Go ahead and elaborate on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I didn't mean just, to steal um, your thunder. I really didn't. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm honestly not that pissed. But, like, I mean, I thought about it a lot because, like, I was thinking about, like, okay, there's a lot of guys that I, like, a lot of uh, people in animation that I, you know, I admire or that, like, uh, I like their work a lot. But I can't really say that they're necessarily inspirational in a way. Uh, it's hard for me to really say that because it's 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 like a, it like it, I, when you come to this like it's it's like, it just it was just difficult for me to come up with a specific example. Then I realized that I feel like the most influential one for me and the most inspiring one for me, uh, would is straight up it was Rebecca Sugar because um I mean for one, as Casey says, fantastic representation of queer characters. Uh, that, uh, honestly, just it makes me tear up just thinking about it. You know, it's it's incredible to see something like that on television or anywhere really, like any sort of mainstream platform to have characters like this uh, that represent people like myself is really important to me. Um, but then there's also the fact that uh, Rebecca Sugar, uh, basically just started off as a goofy nerd on DeviantArt who drew like joke porn comics of Ratatouille. Like, uh, she, like if you don't like, she like, and I'm, I'm not being like, I'm not trying to say that as like sort of like an insult or anything. Like, like literally there was this, she, she drew like she, she, she on her, like her personal DeviantArt account before she was like a big deal. She would draw these goofy little comics and she draw her own personal art as well. But like there, there was this one that was very uh, they're very funny. There's two that are really funny. I mean, one was where like it was like a conversation. Like there's that conversation Ratatouille where, uh, uh, the evil chef guy and Linguini are like talking about like like have you did you ever wrote a pet rat? Uh, da, 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 da. And then there's one she added like did you ever felt your rat? And like, nobody nope nope. That was the funniest thing I ever saw when I was a kid when I saw that originally. Uh, as well as like some other dumb like things where it was like uh Remy having to do like 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 having to control uh Linguini uh during sex because he didn't know how to do it. Which that one's hilarious. And like they're not intended to be like actually sexual, it's just goofy jokes. But then like uh she has done some like weird like fan art kind of stuff. Not weird. I don't, don't but just like she has done some sort of fan art fan fiction kind of stuff that is more you know adult <laughs> and 
but despite all of that, despite all of that stuff there, she basically was able to create something that was on mainstream television that inspired a bunch of people and all that other stuff was irrelevant to that. People were just, they, they it, it, people didn't freak out when that kind of stuff came out or anything. It was just like a goofy little sidebar for a creator that was really, really, really good. And that is inspirational to me. Like I, I am a huge weirdo and I aspire to be at least, you know, moderately successful in some sort of entertainment field. And it's kind of encouraging to see someone like Rebecca sugar being embraced with open arms in a lot of ways, you know, despite how, or like, despite the things that she's drawn in the past and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's encouraging. That's all I'm trying to say. Now I get that. Yeah. And I agree. All right. So, uh, I believe that's, all of that now i'm so tired guys <laughs> this it's just is a like little bit longer too. bedtime is in 10 minutes for me so it's like this is <laughs> no we're close we're close we're very close let's so do let's do the bumper well not just yet because we still have to talk about the prompt stuff okay oh yeah 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 um so first off So first off, I, we just want to briefly mention things. This was something we were actually discussing before we started recording, is that um, so with the prompts, we enjoy doing stuff, and we enjoy the audience, and, uh, and pers- uh, audience participation aspect of the show, but uh, we feel like we're getting a little tired of the format a little bit. Like We want to mix it up a bit, but we're, we're not going to do anything right now, and it's not, nothing's really set in stone. We're going to like kind of discuss it, but... Uh, at this time, yeah, we're we're kind of like looking around what we can do from here. And if you have any ideas, that'd be cool too. Just yeah. we want to do audience participation. Just, yeah, just something something other than a weekly prompt. If you have an idea for a way that we could involve audience participation in our podcast that doesn't involve just asking a random question every week, let us know. Okay, so the prompt for our next episode is going to be. What is your favorite song from a cartoon? This could be instrumental. This could be sung out. This could be it. I think we've already done a theme. We're looking more for something from inside the episode. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you have a response to that, uh, you will send out a tweet here. Uh, It should be up by the time that uh, this episode goes up. And uh, you just respond to that tweet with... uh, the hashtag uh, Toontown Prompt, or you can even just make the tweet out to Toontown Prompt and you'll be fine. Um, and also, uh, if you want to just respond to us on email, uh, our email is at ToontownPublicWorks at gmail.com. That's ToontownPublicWorks at gmail.com. Uh, if you uh, respond, if you send us an email there, you can also respond to previous prompts because it's just easier to keep track of that kind of stuff with that. So just, yeah, respond to either past prompts, current prompts, whatever. Uh, and then, yeah, you should be all golden. Uh, now, where are we going from here? What do we normally do at the end of the episodes? We usually talk about, uh, well, 
If you'd like to review us on iTunes or any other place that you get your podcasts, that would be really helpful for helping us to get our, like, uh, our voices out there and spread our podcast around. Yeah. Uh, you can always just, you know, tell your friends, too. Like, that's also always good. Word of mouth is really helpful. Um, oh, uh, so... Let's see. Oh, we have a Patreon. Uh, so uh, our Patreon is... Uh, patreon.com slash ttpw uh for the for our patreon we actually have like a newsletter where we talk about our favorite things we just recently posted that um uh we also have a uh bonus podcast uh where we watch a cartoon that is a cartoon movie that is really really bad and we have to say something nice about it we actually have to have a discussion about it instead of just making fun of it hey Um, uh ht would you happen to know who won the poll for our last one uh, it was a tie between two different choices, so, uh, we're, I'm, I'm gonna keep it a surprise for, uh, everyone else in the world, so I'll, uh, we're basically gonna flip a coin, basically, so I'll let you know. Okay. Um, and, let's see, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else? We're really sleepy. <laughs> yeah, don't, do not take... Toontown Public Works Before Driving. Less serious side effects include stomach pain, nausea, vision problems, numbness, tingling, cold feeling in your hands or feet. Um, ask your doctor if Toontown I mean, Public Works is right for you. Oh, uh, one thing. Alex, Aki, once again, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. This. Uh, if, this show cannot run without uh, you, and we are very, very grateful for your help. Uh, if you want to watch any of the cartoons we talked about today, you can check out the show notes at ToontownPublicWorks.com. Now, is there anything else ask, we are Ask your parents to go online to ToontownPublicWorks.com. <laughs> go, go, to, <laughs> go to AOL keyword Toontown Public AOL Works. Toontown Public. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, bedtime. I'm feeling so sleepy right now. Right. Um, <laughs> just just shoot us a postcard at yeah. CO Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 30210. <laughs> um, I'm about to powerbomb these losers into bed. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, I am HT the raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Sir the cat. And this has been Toontown Public Works. And these cartoons, they have been marked.